Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Remember to visit our website at www.revivalministry.co.za where you can sign up to receive more of these powerful messages. I, um, I think I, I can relate to, to some of Justin's feelings as I start the, the message this morning. I um, really is I'm wrestling with some stuff in my heart. Anyone wrestling with, with something in your heart or have been wrestling with something in your heart? Okay, I'm glad there's some people that are like me. And I'm um, driving home and I'm like, yo, God, and I'm just having this like, you know, one of those classic why me discussions. Anyone that been there? Like, why me? Why me? I'm the only one. I'm a worm. So I go to my wife and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to wrestle with God. My mom's laughing. I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be like Jacob. going to be like Moses. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrestle with God. And my wife gave me that eyebrow like, I, I couldn't even do it like. Sure, buddy. Sure. She makes these muffins for the kids that she freezes for school, for school lunches. Now, I know, I know, if you count to four, then that's for the kids. If, if our food is divided into multiples of four, then I know it's for the kids. So I go to the freezer, I'm like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. 16, 17, 18. The Lord is good. Take two muffins out, make some coffee. No one will know. Bernadine's like, I saw those two, she says, the, you know, that afternoon, and the fear of God came on me. <laughs> So now I come to her and I'm like, I'm going to wrestle with God. She's like, sure, buddy, sure. And um, then still wrestling with God. More like trying to manipulate God. I'm your pastor. Why me? And he says... There's some things you haven't done. That's why. Not why you. It's because. Yeah. And uh, the song of ascents today is Psalm 131. It says, Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty. Neither do I exercise myself in matters too great or things too wonderful for me. God comes and and in in His grace and in His mercy and in His great love for us, He says, don't exercise yourself in things that are too great or too wonderful. You're not ready to wrestle with me, little man. I want to be a Simba Chippy. <laughs> Grow a little more. Okay, you, got lots, you, got, you need to grow a lot more. You, you're not a patriarch. You're not, you're not equal to Abraham. Don't involve yourself in things way too wonderful and too great for you. I'm like, yes, Lord. Verse 2 says, Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul, like a weaned child with his mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me, ceased from fretting. And so when we 
involve ourselves in things that are too big for us, we're probably fretting about something we shouldn't be fretting about. And worrying about something we shouldn't be worrying about. And acting all helpless when in fact God has already provided. And He has already given. To, I'm just going to read some, some scriptures. Is that okay? Today I'm just going to read some, some verses. I just felt to, to read a couple of verses that line up together. Just to build our faith. To build into us. Verse 3 says, O Israel, and here he's to, he's, today he's talking to O church, O bride, O believers, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forever. Don't cry like no one's going to provide. Don't cry like no one's going to look after you. Don't fret about things that are way too big for you, but hope in God, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forever. Hebrews 4 verse 3 verse 10 says, For we who have believed, O believer, we who have believed do enter into that rest. Again, he sets a definite day saying, Today, which is now and forever. Saying, today if you would hear his voice, and when you hear it, don't harden your hearts. This mention of a rest is not a reference to Israel entering Canaan, for if Joshua had given them rest, he would not speak afterwards about another day. And yes, something that God wants us to know today. The victory that we're looking for, we sang about victory, right? That victory that we're looking for, that, that thing we're looking at and we're saying, God, if only, or if, if, if that would be for me, or if that can happen. That often when we, how many just in worship today thought about a specific moment? That we're looking for for victory. Anyone in the room? Okay, so we're going, God, if, if that happens, then I have victory. And God's saying, that's not the rest. That's not where you're going to find rest. You're not going to find rest when your biggest prayer is answered. The Israelites did not find rest when they entered into Cain, rest is when something happens in our hearts and we stop fretting. Rest is when God comes and His Spirit whooshes through us and in us and is alive in us and we no longer fret. We stop worrying. We're no longer haughty. We no longer think too highly of ourselves. Our eyes aren't fixed on something that is way out there, but it's on Jesus. And so victory is when our hearts find rest in His presence. Verse 9 of Hebrews 4 says, So then, there is still awaiting a full and complete Sabbath rest, reserved for true people of God. For he who has once entered into God's rest has also ceased from the weariness and the pain of human labor, just as God rested from those labors. The Bible says, if anyone fails to provide for his relatives, this is now on the other side, especially for those of his own family. He has disowned the faith by failing to accompany it with fruits and is worse than an unbeliever. What? So on this side it's saying he wants to give us rest from the weariness and the pain of labor. But he's not saying thou shalt rest from labor. 
Because if you don't provide, if you don't look after your family, you're worse than an unbeliever who does look after his family. But the question is, why? And we go back in Timothy, that was 1 Timothy 5 verse 8. If we go to 1 Timothy 4.15, it says, and this is the core, it says, don't neglect the gift which is inside of you. Don't neglect the gift that is inside. It's, it's very quiet in church today. Don't neglect the gift that is inside of you. You see, there are people that have stopped providing because they've neglected the gift that is inside of them. There is a gift that is deep, 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 deep inside of every person. And this week... I'm saying it in faith. God highlighted to me the gift I have been neglecting. The gift that God has placed inside of me. And so when I sit in the traffic and I'm going, God, why me? He's saying, yes, you. He's saying, look inside. Look at that gift that you have neglected. Look at the gift that has been placed inside of you and allow it to come out. It's that special, the Amplified Bible says, there's an special endowment which is directly imparted to you by the Holy Spirit and by prophetic utterance when the leaders laid hands on you. Now he's speaking to those who were serving the church. But today he's speaking to us because we're not just serving the church. We are called to serve the world. And if we're looking at the world going, why us? God's saying, yes, you guys. He's saying there is a special gift that is placed in every single one of us. A special endowment that he Planted in each person. And the act of having lofty eyes, for instance, as, as that verse says, is the act of not looking at what God has given, but the act of looking at something else for our provision and our fulfillment. When we lift our eyes to Jesus, He points back at us and He says, look at the gift that I gave you. Look at the gift that has been planted inside of you. If you're struggling with provision, chances are you're neglecting a gift that is deep inside of you. Can I say that again? If you're struggling with provision, chances are you're neglecting a gift that is deep inside of you. If you're struggling with relationships, Chances are you're neglecting a gift that God has placed inside of you. If you feel like you're lacking anything, God is saying, don't neglect the gift, that special endowment that has been placed inside of you. That's why Paul could write, and he said, if you don't provide for your family, you're worse than an unbeliever because you're neglecting the faith which God has given you to draw on the gifts that God has placed inside of you already. And too many Christians are running around praying for a financial gift instead of looking at the gift that God has given them. Okay, I want to be sympathetic to every person's situation, every person's heart, every person's Every person's experience. Yes, we've been through so many things. Yes, we went through COVID. Yes, we went through, you know, a recession, an economy that's going backwards. And yes, petrol and diesel costs a million times more than it did when I was in high school. And, and yes, food costs 47% more. And yes, yes, all of those things. Yes. 
But don't you think the gift that God has given you is bigger than all of that? Don't you, can I, one yes, yes. Don't you think the gift that God has given you far surpasses the lack or the need you have? There are unbelievers who start companies that are, and then there are believers going, why me? Come on, there's something wrong here. The seesaw is balanced in the wrong direction. Practice and cultivate and meditate upon these duties. Throw yourself wholly into them as if it was your ministry. So that your progress may be evident to everybody. Come on, God is saying, practice, throw yourself out. This is, this is um, Hebrews, this is 1 Timothy 4 verse 15. He's saying, practice, cultivate, and meditate upon these duties. Throw yourself holy. Are there any people in the room who've had a dream and then you've touched it for a day, a week, a month, and then you've gone near, you know, this this time we look, and you've left it behind? One person. Anyone else? Where, where, where? Yeah, come on. Here's me. Here's me. I'm going, God, why me? He's going, because you ain't practicing your duties. You're not throwing yourself wholly into the promises that I gave you. Come on, these are promises that are in my journal, that I've written down every year. God promises that. The doors will be thrown open when dot, dot, dot. And guess what? Next year I haven't done dot, dot, dot. Why me, God? Yes, you. Yes, you. Throw yourself wholly into these duties as if they were your ministry. And then God says, so, Paul wrote, but, but God is saying to us today, so that your progress. Anyone like that word progress? Anyone like that word progress? Come on, it's like a ray of light shining through the clouds right now. Come on. Anyone, just hold your hands up if you like the word progress. Anyone believe that they are going to progress? Come on, we've got some believers in the house. If you don't believe in progress, you're not going to progress. End of the matter. If you don't believe that people are going to see your progress, you're not going to progress. End of the matter. It's up to you whether you progress or not. It's up to us. It's up to us. I am standing here saying, I want to, I am throwing myself wholly into the duties and the promises that God has given me so that we will progress. Hebrews 4, verse 11. Back to Hebrews 4. It says, So let us be zealous and exert ourselves and strive diligently to enter into the rest of God, to know and experience it for ourselves, to know and experience that victory for ourselves. We, we have to be zealous it's, it's, the great, it's, a, it's always been such an oxymoron to me in the Bible. Strive to enter into rest. Have you read it that way? So zealously strive to enter into rest. That means there's a, a doing word there. There's an action. 
And that action is to be zealous about our calling, to be zealous about our mission. And people don't feel fulfilled because they don't have a clear mission that comes from God. It's one thing to trust God for our daily needs, but it's another thing to trust Him with a mission and to have that mission written down and to be clear about it and then to be zealous about it. And you know what? When God aligns you with His heart and you're zealous about it, oh, that feels good. Whoa, that feels a little different. That feels amazing. That feels peaceful in a way. Because why? Because God comes alongside and starts to bring the energy. God starts to bring His Spirit behind it. And it starts to move. And then He starts to build the house. You see, if we don't have a mission and we're not laboring according to what God called us, then we do labor in vain. And that's the weariness and the pain of labor, is laboring in vain because we haven't labored according to what God has called us to. We've perhaps labored into something that is too great or wonderful for us. And what I mean by that is sometimes we need God to bring his sight. We need God to, to blow on the work that we're doing. And He blows on, on our work when we're working according to what He's called us to work on. He, he blows on us when we, when we work with the gifts that He's given us. There's a sweet place where, where you start to work and, and God's Spirit is, is bringing out those gifts and you're a blessing to everyone around you. You're a blessing to your family. You're a, you're a blessing to your church. You're a blessing to your community. You're a blessing to your school. You're a blessing to your university. Wherever you go, you are a blessing because God pours out on your spirit that which He gave you. Boom. Just comes out. And then God builds the house. And he does, he, he, does the, he does the hard work then for you. He lifts you up. But to work warily is to work in vain. Okay. So 1 Corinthians. Are you guys still with me? Let me finish uh, Hebrews 4. So let us be zealous and strive diligently into that rest that no one may fall or perish by the same kind of unbelief and disbelief into which those in the wilderness fell. So they came out by great miracle. They, I mean, we, they walked through the sea. God parted the waters for them. He did the miracle on their behalf. They walked through. But then they shifted their eyes off of Jesus. And they shifted their eyes onto their own efforts and their own abilities. And they perished. I, don't, I just got a picture while the word perish, I related it today to to a washer that's been hardened, a rubber washer. Anyone seen what happens when a washer is, is hardened, when it is in the wrong place? It gets rubbed up. It gets bumped. It gets abused. It loses its flexibility. It cracks. It falls apart perishes. That's what it's like to try and do things that are too great on your own power, by your own ability. There's this thing floating around church that says, give up your desires, give up your will, have follow God's will. It sounds good, but there's a lot of people that are neglecting the gift within them by giving up their desires. They're perishing 
even though they have amazing faith because they've neglected the gift that God has given them. They've neglected the special anointing and the special call that is upon their life. With their desire, they've thrown out their identity. God wants to call out that identity. God wants to put you in the right place at the right time with the right abilities and with His presence and with the Holy Spirit on you. So 1 Corinthians 15 verse 51 says, Take notice, I tell you a mystery, a secret truth, a hidden purpose, a counsel of God. We won't all fall asleep, but we will all be changed. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the sound of the last trumpet, for a trumpet will sound, and the dead in Christ will be raised imperishable, and they shall be changed and transformed together. Now part of that scripture I see happening right now. I see God coming, and He's raising up our natures that have, that have died. He, he doesn't just want to resurrect us at the end one day. He wants to resurrect that part of our spirit that we have neglected. There's a, there's a sound. That I, I'm not even going to imitate a trumpet because I'm going to imitate the wrong kind. It's going to sound all cute. <laughs> but there, there is a sound going out in worship. Come on, guys. When we, when we worship, there's a sound that goes out. It's a blast. It's like, yeah! I saw you get a fright there. Okay. And what it's doing is it's waking up that spirit that needs resurrecting. There's some spirits in this room that need to resurrect this morning. You guys got wrong breakfast this morning. Sound man, we need to go double volume. There's a resurrecting taking place. And it can happen in a moment. It can happen in an instant. Where that part of you, there's a little mini me inside of you that's been saying, let me out. And you going, shh, shh, shh. You're not Jesus. Now is not my time. <laughs> my time has not come yet. Now there's a huge gift that's inside of you. And unless it comes out, you are practically dead. You are as good as dead. For this perishable must put on the imperishable nature. And this mortal, this nature that is capable of dying, must put on immortality. That, that gift that inside of you has to come alive so that it never, ever, ever dies. Because here's the thing. If that part of you doesn't come alive on earth, it will never live in heaven. If that part of you doesn't come alive on earth, it will never live in heaven. That's why God created you. And He's put something inside of you, and, and, and He's put something inside of us, and sometimes we go, <sighs> come on. I was listening to the testimony of Martin Smith of Delirious, and they were just worshipping. They, they just started worshipping. Anyone know who Delirious is? Okay, a couple of people in the room. The worshippers. People who listen to Christian music when they're growing up. <laughs> like, he was like, wow, band, band, you know. And he was talking about why they left and they stopped. And, 
And he's like, well, I'm a grandpa now. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay, sure, time's gone on. <laughs> but he said, we started writing music, and one of the first songs we wrote was a song called, I'm Gonna Be a History Maker. And he said, no one was singing that at the time. But God started to awaken something in them. That every person has the ability to change the course of history. Every, every person. You know, we would sing, oh, I'm going to be a history maker in this land. And, and, you know, not with that voice, but, you know, a better voice. And, and, and we, we sang, I'm going to be a history maker in this land. Can I say that again? I'm going to be a history maker in this land. And, un and unless we believe it, it's not going to happen. And unless each one of us changes the course of history, we don't reach our full potential. God created every person in His image, in His likeness, to go and take Full dominion. And here we are. Why me? God's like, yes. Yes, yes, you. You. Yes, you. Wake up, oh sleeper. Wake up, little man inside there. Come on, look inside of you, ladies, gents, people. There is, as we, there's that song, there's a lion inside of you. <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a lion inside of you. And that lion is related to your progress. It's related to your finances. It's related to your provision. It's related to your relationships. It's related to your connections it's 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 related to this nation it's related to this land each and every one of us every single one of us death where is your victory death where is your sting now sin is the sting of death Sin is us not looking at the gifts that God has given us. Sin is us neglecting the gifts that God has placed inside of us. And the sting in death is the man who has neglected his gifts all his life. That's the sting of death. That's the man who could have been who never was. Does that make sense? That's the man who should have been, who never was. Death has a big sting. If there are a lot of people who gain, who find themselves at the end of their natural life and they have not been who they could have or should have been. It's in Christ, it's in Jesus that he's, He resurrects us. And we put on that imperishable. We, we take on His nature and we can't perish. Because when we, when we work from those gifts, when we allow them out, it can't perish. No one can take it away from you. No enemy can come against you. I just remember um, facing... My wife and I, if you, if you know us, you know the story, but, but just being in, in a situation where we were confronted with crime. And God that morning said, don't fret over what wicked people do. Their lives are like grass. Here today, gone tomorrow. But he who lives by the Spirit of God, who doesn't neglect the gifts that God has given to him... That's imperishable. That, that's forever. That just keeps going on and on and on and on. 
But thanks be to God who gives us the victory, making us conquerors through Jesus Christ our Lord. We sang that song, I want to see a victory. Some of you kind of mumbled it. I want to see a victory. I want to see a victory. For the battle. Wanneer gaan ons koffie drink nou weer? Wanna see victory. Wanna see. Hy kan ons nie stil bly man. Wanna see victory. To the battle. Janne, maar die klank is weird vandag. Die stuitbeisers kan nie speel nie. What's happening? You take what the enemy meant for evil. <laughs> you turn it for good. Yeah, I saw you guys. My eyes were open at the back there. <laughs> Come on, we, we have a powerful song. It says, I am going to see a victory. Go for it. Yeah. See, if we were in, in an African church, everyone would be singing right now. Hey. Hey. Us white people are so awkward. We don't just jump into song and sing. We're like, why is that woman singing on her own? Come here. Come show them how to do it. Give yourselves a hand. There we go. That's some white people less awkward. We're going to work on it. (laughs) The weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. So often, so often that weapon is internal, not external. Can I say that again? So often that weapon is internal. It's not external. See, the weapon may be formed, the lies, the doubts, the shames, the guilts, the fears, the anxiousness, the stress. Those are the weapons that are formed. But they won't prosper. Come on, what prospers? What prospers? Maybe some believers in the house. Faith. Something else. Our soul prospers. May your body prosper even as your soul prospers. And yeah, we are in the traffic and we're looking at all the external Enemies, and we're going, God, why me? God says, Yes, you. Yes, you. Yes, you. Those weapons might be formed, but they won't 
prosper. The battle belongs to the Lord, and He wants to come and transform our hearts. To, to, it's, it's, it's by His nature that, that He transforms us. And one by one, as we step into the calling that God has for us, as we practice, as we dutifully exercise that which God has given, we see a victory in each and every one of those battles. Until you live without fear, without anxiousness, without guilt, without shame, with When I became a believer, I thought the battles are just going to disappear. I thought the weapons are just going to disappear. I want to say, your pastor sat in traffic and said, why me? I sat in traffic. I said, but I'm the pastor. Bending God's arm backwards. We have to work out. We have to dutifully work out our faith. Because God takes us. It's, it's, it's again James. Count it a joy when you face trials and tribulations. Why? Because you get to exercise that gift that is, being in, that is inside of you. And you get to one by one have victory over those weapons that have been formed. It's a constant act. It's a constant lifestyle of faith. Constant lifestyle of faith. And every time you face a battle, because you will face battles, you will go through things that are hard. Things will be difficult sometimes. And each and every time you've got to go, God, what have you put inside of me that I can use to have victory in this battle, to face this thing that I'm facing? And suddenly you start to say yourself, you start to say, thank you, God, that you have given me the ability. Thank you that you have placed, yes, me, yes, yes, me. Wow, you have given me everything I need. Hebrews 4 verse 12 now says, For the word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and, for, and, and effective. This word of God, isn't His word like at creation? Let there be light. And it's spoken out there. And you, are, you read this, you go, the word of God is full of energy and active and proactive and all of those good things. It's not that it's out there, it's that it's in here. It operates in here. That's where the Word of God comes alive. That's where the Word of God meets its purpose. The Word of God goes out and God says it won't come back to me empty. It has to meet what it was designed to receive. Does it make sense? It, it's got to meet that. It was, it was designed for a purpose. It's got to meet the receiver. Like DSTV is useless if no one has satellite dish. Rugby will go over your heads. Literally. Okay, some of you got that. Some of you have a dish that actually comes down. That's what the Word of God is like. It goes out. We have to say, God, I'm... You see these things on the side of your ears? When I was a boy, those dishes on the side of your head. <laughs> Did I say that like my school teacher? Did I sound a bit aggro? Your heart is like that. It, it's, it's made to receive, and that's where the Word becomes operative. That's where the Word reaches its fullness. It is sharper than a two-edged sword. It does penetrate to the dividing line, like right to that which is dead inside of you and that which is alive inside of you. It, it penetrates to that part, and it pulls out that which is immortal, 
that which cannot die. And it awakens that inside of you. It, it dives right through all those weapons and through all of those confusing thoughts and, and through everything. The Word of God goes boom, slice. The, if, you, if you take in the Word and you allow it to work on you, you're going to find that little man we're trying to call out, for lack of a better picture, that gift right in there. The joints and the marrows, the deepest part, listen to that, the deepest part of our nature. The Word finds it. It sifts it. It analyzes it. And it judges the very thoughts and the purposes of the heart. And David said, God, will you please judge me? So that you will find my heart pure, lacking nothing, needing nothing. I just see there's a couple of people getting baptized today. And I see the power of baptism. When we understand the power of baptism, this is what happens to our hearts it's that we we die to that perishable part of us we, we die to that part of us that, that tries to fight against those weapons on its own that, that tries to live with things that are way too wonderful too complex for the unbeliever. It's, it's why the, the believer, the unbeliever can't see the kingdom because it's too complex. It, it's, it's, it's too great. And, and then we get baptized and we are buried. And, and, if, and Ephesians 2 says we, we have already risen with Christ into high places. And, and that's what happens when, when we give up that part of us that wants to do things that are too great for us. We, we look out there and, and we're not looking in yet at what God has already created. And, and God's saying, but I want to I I show you what happens when, when my spirit and your spirit work in absolute unison. Then, then you're, you're raised from that place that is, that is futile and hard and painful and full of effort. And you, you go into a side that, that has got progress and, and real prosperity and real life. And, and we don't get baptized for prosperity. We, we get baptized because we want the real us to rise up from the dead. We, we want the real us in Jesus to, to be uncovered, to, to stand up in the glory that God has called us to stand up in. And I've, I've seen people get baptized and their lives change. And suddenly it's like, I see the kingdom. I, Jesus came up out of the water and his father said, this is my son, in whom I am well pleased. And that person enters into a rest that, that goes with them. A rest where, wow, I, I really do have life. I, I really do have meaning. And, and wow, that, that weapon, I'm going to press through into what God, I'm just going to rest in God's presence and, and He's going to take me and, and, and He's going to show me what perhaps I need to pick up on and, and where I need to do and what I need to do. And you know what, He's going to give me the courage to do things that I thought were too hard or too difficult. He's going to give me the courage to do that. He's going to reveal His nature through me. Is that good? 
Okay, can I ask the people that are getting baptized, can you stand wherever you are right now? Come on. Come on. Can we just, yeah. Awesome, 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 awesome. Stay standing, stay standing. Is there anyone else who would like to join them today as an act of faith? Anyone in the room who's never been baptized in water and you want to be baptized, you don't care if you're going home wet today. You are baptized. That makes it more memorable. Anyone else? Dax. Come on, Dax. Yes, come on. Come on. Okay. Uncle Albert's at the back there. Albert, can I ask you to come, come to the front? I don't even know where to take these people right now. But you're going to go with, where's that, the mother's room? Okay, so everyone in the mother's room, out. <laughs> We're going to end the service, so you can come out anyway. It's, you come out there now. You can, okay. All right. If you will go with Uncle Albert, he's going to just share with you a little bit about what baptism is. And, he's, and, and Justin's going to come with you, and he's going to pray. They're going to pray with you guys just to bless you before baptism. We're going to sing, I want to see a victory. Okay? We're going we're gonna to worship while they pray in there. Okay? And, and what we're going to be doing as a church is praying for a victory in our lives, but praying for a victory in every person that's getting baptized today. Is that good? And then when we're finished worshiping, we're going to ignore the coffee machine for now. And we're going to go outside there. And, and we're going to wait expectantly. And, and then we're going to baptize. And if you're singing and you decide you still want to get baptized, then, then come. And, we, and we're going to baptize today. Because I believe God is, is doing something in this room, something in this church and he's raising us up to a new life. Okay. So, can we give them a hand as they go off to the mother's room? Bless you guys. And we're going to, let's all stand. And let's see a victory like never before. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Remember to visit our website at www.revivalministry.co.za where you can sign up to receive more of these powerful messages.